If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. So Jeff, let's uh, start with first things first. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the reasons for, for starting this podcast. Well, I, I was thinking the main reason is because we just we, we just don't have enough to do, really. So <laughs> we, we needed to add something else to, to our plate. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> but um, seriously, though, you know, mm-hmm. we're obviously deeply immersed in, in this whole market for lifelong learning. And it, it's just become more and more clear in, in the past few years that the level of change out there is just, it's so fast, it, it, it's so dramatic, the whole market for lifelong learning, continuing education, professional development, it, it's changing day by day, it seems like. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like we just really need some, some new resources out there for people who are trying to succeed in, in that market. Well, yeah, and to unpack some of those changes a little bit more, I mean, you know, you have the, the changes that are going on with technology, you also have things uh, like the fact that we're living longer uh, and couple that with the fact that people are changing jobs and professions more often. Um, we got a global marketplace. I mean, people all over the world are hungry for lifelong learning at this point. So, yeah, you put all those things together, you know, we're living longer, we're changing jobs more often, we need to keep learning. And um, and then the organizations that are in that business of lifelong learning and professional development and continuing education, I mean, there's a real, like you're saying, growing demand at the global level because thanks to technology, you can serve really learners in, in any corner of the world. So there's a lot of opportunity, but we also know there's a lot of challenge. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we, we offer a lot of resources already. We do our webinars, we blog, we, we publish reports, we, we have events. So, you know, we have a lot of different things going on. But, um, but you know, we felt like this as a, as a, a weekly resource for folks to be able to listen into, um, you know, if that sounds good to you as somebody who has responsibility for a lifelong learning business, a continuing education business, then this may be just, just the thing for you. So the kind of thing you can listen to in the car, you can listen to when you're working out. So it's just another medium, uh, another channel for providing some some support out to the, the, the folks that are so deeply involved in, in this market. Um, so, you know, what what to expect then out of this? If, if you're going to dial in every week, uh, get us on your, your, your iPhone or device of choice, what, what, what can people expect here, do you think? Well, I think basically we'll be offering perspectives um, on uh, the lifelong learning market and that those will be perspectives of our own. Uh, like you were saying earlier, we've both been working uh, in this uh, space of, of education and technology and enhanced or enabled learning and, and the association world for, for a long time. So uh, we'll be offering our own perspectives um, based on our experience, based on the research that we do here, based on our work with clients. Um, and then we're also going to be providing um, perspectives from from other folks as well. Yeah, and I'm excited to be talking to some other people. I mean, like you said, we've we've been doing this a long time. Sometimes I'm uh, amazed at exactly how long it has been and how much change there has been. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't think people want to hear just from us every week. So I don't want to hear just from us. Every yeah, week. I don't want to have to talk this much every week. So uh, um, we do have quite a few other people lined up already that we've interviewed, and of course we'll be doing more of that over time. Um, I know, for example, uh, you did an interview already with uh, Wes Trokel, right? That's right. It was a great conversation. Wes is, um, as as you'll hear, he's a sort of the 
the know-it-all when it comes to, to data, uh, association data, and how to make um, effective use of that. And that's um, you know something that we know a lot of organizations are, are struggling with. What data are you collecting? What data can you be collecting? And how can you use that um, in a meaningful way to uh, make decisions about what learning you offer, whether that's uh, introducing new products, whether it's refining what you already have out there? Yeah, data is just a, an incredibly important topic now, and and I particularly like that you describe Wes as a know-it-all. I think he'll he'll appreciate that. Um, and I know you interviewed um, Seth Kahn. I, I did, and, and Seth, uh, you know, we're we're living in a world where you you have to innovate uh, if you want to stay ahead of the curve and stay successful as a business. And really, there's nobody, and for my money, who understands innovation and change in the way that Seth does. And, he, and he's also really focused in on um, the association sector. He's trying to do some things to really transform that sector. That's obviously where we do uh, a huge amount of our, our work. Um, so it's very exciting to, to talk to him. And, um, and, and related to that, you know, it's been uh, really exciting to talk to some CEOs um, in the association sector. We, we, we wanted to make a real effort to go out to people who are leading organizations that are responsible for so much of the lifelong learning that goes on out there. Um, so, you know, so far uh, I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, Rick Grimm, who's the CEO of uh, NIGP, which is the, you know, the national uh, organization for people in um, governmental procurement. And, uh, and also with uh, Cheryl Ronk, who is the uh, CEO of the uh, Michigan Society of Association Executives. And, and Cheryl is a real mover and shaker uh, among the, the, the state society leaders. Uh, she just has a, a fantastic perspective. And in fact, I think she's probably going to be the, the first interview that, um, that we put out there in, in the coming weeks. And I know that when we're um, talking and when, when we're either offering our own perspectives or talking with others, we, you know, one thing that we're going to emphasize is really trying to provide some practical tips and advice and making sure that um, that when you listen to the, an episode of the podcast, you walk away with maybe a new idea, something to get you thinking about what you could be doing in, at your own organization. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we don't want to just be you know, spouting off back and forth uh, episode to episode and, and not providing any, any real practical value. So that's that's going to be core to what we do. And and really, you know, we, we're, we're launching this uh, for the for the reasons that we uh, just talked about. Um, but it's also it's, it's a lead up to our upcoming leading learning symposium. That's kind of what's getting this out of the gate and, and prompting us to action right now. But I mean, it's going to go well beyond that. Uh, we plan to continue this, you know, for the foreseeable future until we just run out of things to talk about, which, you know, may be the, the day that both of us drop dead, who knows. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mentioned the symposium, A, because, you know, I want people to, to know about it. If you don't know about the Leading Learning Symposium, definitely go check that out. You can find out more at uh, leadinglearning.tagoras.com. But mostly I mentioned it here because underlying uh, that event, we have three major themes that we're looking at there. Uh, and we also have some, some threads that are sort of running through those themes. And we thought that might be a, a great place to, to start with, um, with this initial episode to kind of talk through the, the major themes, talk through those threads uh, along the way, try to give hopefully some, some helpful perspectives on them for people who are listening. And, and those really will inform what we do with, with the podcast going forward. So it's, it's a good launching place. And we'll keep you in suspense for just another minute uh, about what those themes and threads are, because I also just want to mention that Seth Kahn and Wes Chokel, who we mentioned earlier, are going to be part of the faculty at that right. Leading yeah. Learning Symposium in October in Baltimore. There is a reason we interviewed them, yes, <laughs> yeah. aside from their general greatness. But. Yeah. 
in in terms of the themes of the symposium we're talking about reach revenue and impact so those are the three themes for us and um we believe all of them are important when you think about a learning business. I mean, you you need um, reach because you need to be making sure that you're connecting with learners. Um, you know, if you aren't uh, actually putting anything out there, you could have a great product, but nobody knows about it. I mean, you need that, that reach to make sure that um, folks are aware of what you're offering. Uh, most organizations need revenue. They need um, something to support the ongoing uh, development of uh, the education business. And then you also need impact. You want to make sure that the learning that you're putting out there is actually um, moving the dial um, for the individual learner, maybe even for the field or, or industry that you serve. And so really you need all three of these because, you know, any one or any two without the third really doesn't make for a, a, for a sustainable education business, we believe. Yeah, and I, I mean, and we focus on all three of those in our work. I can say uh, the, the, the two that... Um, I'm kind of most uh, fascinated with right now are the reach and the impact side of the equation. Revenue in some ways to me seems, seems obvious. You, you know, you, you want to get out there and, and make money. You want to have a positive net revenue. So like you, you said, Salusi, you can invest that back into the business. But I think, you know, uh, organizations right now, they're struggling with reach. Um, how do they actually connect with learners? And probably more importantly, though this doesn't maybe get thought about to the degree that it should, the right learners. Um, and I, I actually recorded a video this morning that we're putting in our stream of conference series and, and talking about the concept of market. You know, and most organizations uh, think of their market, and this is the correct way to think of it, as, as you know, the, the, the potential, anybody who has the potential really to be interested in what they're doing and, and, and possibly do some business with them at some point in time. That's your broader market, but really, you know, when you're thinking about reach, what you most want to be concerned with most of the time is a, a subset of that market, which we talk about as your audience. And, and we're not the only people who talk about the, this as audience, but it's the idea that, you know, within your broader market, there's a, a much more narrow group that you really need to be able to identify, um, engage with consistently over time, demonstrate your value to, and then, you know, have them there and ready for the conversion that, that you ultimately need to, to make them into customers. So really thinking about reach is not just quantity, um, but, but quality. And, and that's something I want to continue to, to dig into in, in the, the, the podcast as it rolls along. And then impact. Um, and personally, I think there's you know nothing more important for people who are leading learning and education businesses to be thinking about right now than impact, because we all know that the you know the the choices that learners now have available available to them are just astounding. Um, and and you're competing with those choices. You're you're, you're probably competing you know with uh, other providers in your marketplace. But also, you know, your, your learners can go off to, to Khan Academy or they can go off to Coursera or, you know, uh, lynda.com, whatever the case might be. Um, so I think increasingly, if you're leading a learning business, your business has to be able to show that it's moving the dial for the individual learner, for the employers uh, that those learners are working for. And I, and I think if you're a trader professional association, like you were saying, uh, Salisa, 
ideally you want to be able to show that you're having that impact across the profession or the industry uh, that you're serving so out of reach revenue and impact you know I'm, I'm most jazzed up I guess about the the reach and the impact side of things so you know obviously revenue is always good well I think it's just that revenue gets so much attention anyway that, That's true, that yeah. it almost everybody's got their non-dues revenue <laughs> potion or whatever the case might be yeah and I think just to pick up on what you were saying Jeff about reach and impact uh, you know even in what you were talking about there, there's, again, the interplay of those because part of how you're going to have the most impact is if you are reaching those right learners because, you know, learning is that two-way street. You need um, the right learners, uh, the right audience to be connecting with you around that learning offering because they're going to be the ones that are willing to go out there and put that learning into practice and to have, you know, make sure that that learning does have the impact that you want. So maybe then let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, it's all fine and well to, to say this is what we want to achieve, you know, reach, revenue, impact. Great. We all want to get there. Um, but you obviously have to have uh, uh, a method to, to, to how you're going to get there, an approach to how you're going to get there. Um, and, and we've we've kind of boiled this down to kind of four what we call threads uh, that tend to run through our work, that are going to run through this symposium, that are going to run through this podcast and, and kind of help us to, you know, I guess categorize things, um, but but not in silos. I mean, these all these all weave together. That's why we use the metaphor of threads. All of these weave together to create success. So, drum roll. <laughs> what what are what are these four threads of, of which we speak? Strategy, learning, marketing, and technology. There you have it. So master those four things, and you're all set to go. And we can we can sign off at that That's point. That's right. I think. <laughs> Let's, but, let's let's look at each of them individually a little bit. Yeah, and and the first thing I'll say as you know before we kind of dig into them is that as you were saying, Jeff, I mean we use the analogy of of threads because um, we don't believe any one of these in isolation is particularly important. Or if you focus on it too much, you're going to get your out of whack and not have the correct perspective. And so, really, kind of one way to think about that overall context is that you know you need to be thinking about all four of these threads from from a leadership perspective i mean that you need to be mm. um thinking about how to to lead and make the appropriate decisions but um you know for us those four things strategy learning marketing and technology um really kind of feed into the bigger themes of the reach revenue and impact i mean you need to have a strategy um that really focuses on the education business specifically. I mean, I think we know that there's not, that there's sort of a strategy vacuum in, in a lot of uh, associations, a lot of organizations. And uh, what is it? I, I can't even remember our own research now, but we've, we've asked, for example, and we're doing this again right now, uh, we've asked organizations about um, their use of learning and technology together, so technology to en enhance and, and deliver learning. And one of the questions we ask as part of that survey is, do you actually have some sort of formal documented strategy? And, you know, you can say it doesn't have to be formal and documented to have a, a strategy. Fair enough. But usually if you've got one, it's going to be written down in at least some form somewhere. And I think it's it's in the 20% range, uh, less than 30% definitely, that say that they actually have some sort of written uh, strategy for how they're going to use technology uh, as part of their, their learning business at this point. And that's, uh, I mean, that's just, that's far too low. I mean, you, you can't have success if, if that's uh, the degree of, of strategic thinking that's going on. That's right. And so I think that there's a vacuum around strategy in, in general in a lot of associations, but then right, once you even begin sort of a 
peeling back the layers, I mean, you know, having a strategy specifically around, you know, your education, then that the numbers get even lower and mm-hmm. lower. So, uh, you know, it's about thinking specifically about education as a business, making sure that you have a strategy that's thinking about the reach revenue and impact and how you deal with those, um, all of those things. And I think, you know, you'll probably hear us harp again and again uh, in this podcast and in other places uh, where we communicate on um, on differentiation um, and innovation as components of strategy. And if you go back to somebody like Michael Porter, who's kind of the, you know, the grandfather or the godfather of strategy, depending on how you want to think about it. I mean, he basically said, you know, you either compete on price or you compete by differentiating. And a lot of organizations still try too much to compete on price, which, you know, in, in markets these days with the competition that's out there, you don't want to get in that game. Um, if you're, you know, if you're constantly cutting price or trying to just stay with the competition on price, you're never going to get ahead. So you really have to be thinking about how you differentiate. Um, in our most recent newsletter, I, you know, highlighted a, a resource from uh, the Blue Ocean Strategy uh, people. And, um, you know, we don't subscribe to any specific methodology around strategy, but certainly that that sort of Blue Ocean thinking figuring out how you can carve out uh, space that really puts you outside the competition to a large degree. And, and particularly for trade and professional associations, you know, a lot of times one of the biggest assets they have is their brand and the loyalty and what they've been able to do with membership over time. And, and really effectively leveraging that as a differentiation mechanism is something we'll look at you know, more and more as we go along. But I find a lot of times uh, organizations just aren't capitalizing on that uh, enough as part of their strategy. So if we look at the next thread, learning, uh, one thing that's very important to us is is making sure that um, organizations really know what constitutes effective learning. I think mm. there's a lot of sort of legacy um, approaches to, to training or to learning that often are just, it's what we experienced as learners, so you sort of assume, mm-hmm. oh, this is the way to be done. But and there's a lot of misinformation out there. I mean, there's still people spouting off about how important learning styles are. Mm-hmm. When there's, I don't even know how much research, and has been so much research for years about how it just does not matter in the context of actually delivering uh, education. But you hear it. I mean, I've come across something practically every day. I feel like right, and so it's we now have. Um, years of research we now have uh, you know brain science and you know brain imaging and things that are teaching us more about how people learn and we're getting more and more data about it so the main thing is to make sure that people understand what does constitute effective learning um, that they understand uh, you know uh, andragogy and and how adults learn and that we need to be doing things like engaging them actively that that learning needs to be effortful you know, that they're actually, mm-hmm. it shouldn't necessarily be a, an entirely pleasant experience. Right. Um, and that we need to be doing things like looking at um, sustaining learning because we, you know, you see those graphs of, you know, here's what people learn. And then two days later, here's mm-hmm. what people remember mm-hmm. at that point. And so what are we doing to, to make sure that we're um, taking information and moving it from that short-term memory to the long-term memory? What are we doing around things um uh, to, to help with retention. There are other things like the interleaving, like to better mimic uh, real-world situations where, you know, rather than studying one specific topical area, you know, from beginning to end, then moving on to a second um, topical area that it, it can be much more effective. It is much more effective to, to enter, uh, leave those things. Yeah, and we've been, you know, 
big, I know, on concepts like, uh, well, interleaving for one. I mean, one of the things we're striving for with the, the symposium, with the leading learning symposium, is to, to mix together, well, I mean, these different threads that we're talking about, we're trying to weave them in the symposium. So we're not going to have a strategy track and a learning track and a marketing track and a technology track, which is something you find, you know, at a lot of conferences. Uh, I think most conferences, you get these, you know, long list of concurrent sessions that aren't necessarily connected together at all, put into tracks, kind of siloed, um, you know, so you have people from one part of the organization going through one part of the, the event and people from another part of the organization going through another part of the event. We need to stop that kind of madness. And then, like you said, in terms of sustaining learning, you know, it's tr events are great. And we're obviously, you know, going to be holding some events. We have held events ourselves. But when you go to an event, you know, it's a, whether it's an hour or it's two days, it's kind of a one-shot deal. And there's just so much that you're going to be able to absorb and retain from any one learning event. So, you know, with the symposium, we're trying to make sure we really kind of scaffold some pre-content uh, up to the event itself. We're going to have post content. Um, we're going to be forming a whole community around it. And, um, you know, we were, as, as part of strategy, as part of how you think about your products and your, and your services, you know, we're hoping to see more and more organizations take those sorts of learning principles into mind as they are designing these high impact products that they're going to be putting out to, to their market. And so the third thread, marketing, um, you know, we talked about marketing a little bit when we were talking about reach earlier, but again, marketing is often an area where it seems like organizations have a lot of opportunity to grow and to improve what they're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I referenced when we were talking about strategy, I, I referenced the um, uh, marketing video I, I did this morning. And I think so many organizations, so many individuals, uh, so many businesses, large and small, equate marketing with advertising or equate marketing with production. But marketing begins fundamentally in your, in your strategy, which then you know, parlays into your, your product strategy what value you're going to deliver, how you're going to demonstrate that value out to that audience that you've managed to uh, define out of your larger potential market. And when you start thinking about marketing that way, um, A, you know, you're on the path to being much more effective with it. Um, B, that for us is where marketing and learning uh, mm -hmm. start to blur as well, because a lot of times your most effective marketing is going to be some of your learning content. Some of your learning content. It's going to be educational. Um, so that's, you know, we want to see a lot more with a, you know, a blend between content marketing as it, as it blurs over into actual educational products and, and services. And a lot of organizations have really great marketing materials that they could draw on if they would just stop and think of them that way. You know, anytime you mm -hmm. have a, um, you know, a a self-paced online class and you can pull out snippets of that and use them um, mm -hmm. to show some of the value that you can deliver as an organization to entice folks to then say, okay, yeah, this is right for me. I can. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary proposition, but a lot of uh, organizations uh, need to be giving much more away for free than they currently are so they can establish the, the value. We, we talk about the concept of the, uh, the value ramp. Uh, anybody who's been you know, listening to us for a, a while knows that we believe you, you build value in sort of the lower end of a ramp with things like you know, white papers and blog posts and videos and, and webinars. And, you, and you, you build some momentum and, and move people up into your, 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 your bigger offerings like your conferences, uh, like your seminars, uh, like you know, perhaps you know, uh, customized, more con consultative uh, type training at the very you know, high end uh, of your ramp. Um, so, you know, 
blending together marketing uh, with your overall strategy, thinking about how you're delivering more and more learning value along your, your value ramp. I'm trying to make a big effort here to, to weave these things together <laughs> since we we're talking about Absolutely. these as uh, threads. And they, and they do weave together. I mean, when you, when you start pulling at those threads, it's amazing how, how connected they are. And so then the fourth thread is, is technology and technology absolutely um, speaks to the other threads. I mean, you know, like learning today, you have technology that can support effective learning. You can now automate ways to uh, do retention-based learning. You can, you know, either the different apps. I know I've used some for foreign language study mm -hmm. where you get a little question every day or two because we know that, you know, a little bit more frequently is more effective than, you know, the the two-day session that you never hear right. any more about. Um, technology obviously also supports marketing very heavily these days. Um, and then technology needs to be taken into account when you're developing a strategy, making sure that you're thinking about all the tools and opportunities that you have uh, available to you to, to deliver uh, to your market, to your audience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, what technology has made possible, I mean, really, that's a, a foundational reason to why we're even here talking right now is because technology has been such a, a catalyst uh, for change. Just what's possible now in terms of getting into um, the world of being a, a lifelong learning provider. Um, certainly, it's impacted online. It's so easy for, you know, anybody to create and, and deliver content online. But even offline, I mean, just the, the amount of uh, integration of technology into live place-based events and, you know, everything that goes on within the entire context of an organization's uh, business, the, the technology and ultimately the data that, that helps to pull all those things together that's going to drive a huge amount of strategic decision making going forward. It's going to drive, you know, the personalization that will happen in learning, the personalization that will happen in marketing uh, messages. Uh, so, you know, technology really uh, it, it, it binds together uh, all of these other elements. Right now, with uh, the proliferation of, of personal technology, I mean, the mm -hmm. whole idea of just in time learning becomes much more real, more possible to attain if people are, you know, walking around with a smartphone you know, on them. And listening to the Leading Learning Podcast uh, as, as a, you know, as you are right now, you are in, engaged in technology-driven mobile micro-learning. So congratulations. I think, and you'd mentioned as we started talking about these threads too, that we view these in, a, in an overall context of, um, of leadership. And, I, you know, obviously we've called this podcast the Leading Learning Podcast. We have a whole leading learning brand that we've developed and that the learning part uh, obviously is core to the, the business that we're talking about and to, you know, our mission in life, which is helping people learn. But the leading is there too. This is, this is a time where where I think individuals and organizations do have to step up and, and perhaps lead in, in a way um, and perhaps, you know, a bit more aggressively than, than, than they have before um, to really help bring their learners along, their, their members along, their employees along, their boards along. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a changing context and change always requires leadership. And if you are a leader or an aspiring leader, if you like the kinds of ideas that we've been discussing today, we'd really encourage you to take a look at the Leading Learning Symposium. Uh, that URL again is leadinglearning.togoras.com. We're really excited about the symposium. We think it's going to be a great event. Um, we're paying attention 
very close attention to how we design it. We're really excited about the faculty like Seth and Wes who are going to be there uh, with us. We're really excited about the, the learners coming together for it. And that, that, was, that was a beautiful segue. I didn't even quite realize I was feeding you that layup you know, quite, quite so well, but you, t- you took that in for a slam dunk and made it emphatic. Leading Learning Symposium, definitely, definitely come and join us for that. And please come back and join us for the next episode of the Leading Learning Podcast. I mentioned earlier that we're thinking that uh, Cheryl Ronk, who is the CEO of the Michigan Society of Association Executives, will be the, the next episode. And I, I'll go ahead and stick my neck out uh, be a leader and say she will be the next episode. Um, we had a, a great conversation with Cheryl. She's really she's thinking ahead of the curve. She realizes the the leadership imperative that's out there. She's done a great job of of listening to um, her members. The whole organization really has has uh, done a great job of listening to the members. And she talks about in, in the interview about um, how it really is uh, the, the the members at MSA serves that have, that have driven the, the the change that they've seen in the organization. The um, the incredible focus. On, on learning that is now central to everything they do as an organization. So um, I really encourage you to uh, dial back in for the next episode of Leading Learning to hear what Cheryl Ronk has to say. And in the meantime, I guess we can now officially sign off from our inaugural episode of the Leading Learning podcast. So this is Jeff Cobb signing off. This is Salisa Steele signing off. Uh, Hold on. Wait, wait. We forgot about something very important to wrap up this initial podcast. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode one. That's episode the word followed by the numeral one. And while you're there, you will also see options for subscribing to the podcast. So if you're getting value out of the podcast, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. We'd also be grateful if you would take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. You can go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes to, to do that, and we'd really appreciate it. It really does make a world of difference in making sure that others can find the podcast. And finally, consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet uh, automagically just by going to www.leadinglearning.com slash share. Or if tweeting isn't your thing, Just pick another social network of your preference and spread the good word. Thanks again and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.